blockchain innovations company Factum's leader, Jay Smith, is my guest this week. I'm Kiana Danielle, the founder of the Invest Diva movement. Welcome to Diva on the Block, where we take you to the back streets of this whole blockchain, Bitcoin, and crypto shenanigans to help you get a better understanding of what really is going on and how you can take advantage of it. We have a super fun interview today where Jay and I discuss what is Factum, how does Factum add value to the blockchain industry, and should I bootstrap my own company or pursue venture capitalists, among other many cool and fascinating topics. Make sure you hang around until the end of the episode, give it a thumbs up, share it with anyone you think could benefit from it, and of course, subscribe to our social media. If you want to know my three secrets to make your money work for you, click on the link in the description area to attend my free masterclass once this video is over. I had so much fun chatting with Jay and I hope you love it. Good evening. Thank you for that. Wow, that was quite an introduction. <laughs> Glad to be here. So that's so, uh, we're super super happy to ha happy to have you. Um, let's start with a little bit about yourself because I know you have a very very long history, like resume of twenty five years. So where did you get started, and what are you doing now? And then maybe you can ease us on to what Factum is, and then we'll get to the good stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I started a, or I was involved in a startup in, in my college days. Um, and the person I was involved in in that startup, uh, it's a very, very early digital printing revolution stuff, happens to be the CEO of this startup. So apparently I don't learn very well because mm -hmm. here I am doing it again. But we, we did that. Um, and it, it was interesting. We learned a lot. We learned that uh, trying to bootstrap your own startup is probably not the way to do it and having VCs behind you, like we've got Draper and Associates behind us now, um, is a whole lot more fun. So, so we're doing that. And then I went on and, yeah, you know, having, having money is nice, you know, it's the- Yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, I know we're kind of deteriorating with that from our topic, but I bootstrapped my company and I was so happy not to have a boss. Because <laughs> when, when well, you have a boss, you, you technically have a boss, right? <laughs> There's that, but but uh, for us, uh, because of the cost of what we got to do, it, it's nice to have some money behind us. So we so we like that, um, and our our investors have been have been kind to us so far. They, they've they've let us have a lot of leeway. Um, and then I spent 20 years in the consulting industry, doing mostly financial industry uh, stuff, working for big banks and building systems for them, and which is kind of how I ended up at at Factum because. Uh, the company I was working for, our customer asked us to do a POC for a blockchain. I needed some blockchain people. I thought, who do I know in the blockchain industry? Oh, Paul. So I called Paul and said, do you know anybody I can hire? And he said, if I did, I'd hire them. And then two weeks later, he needed some executive help in the company. I thought, who do I know that knows the financial industry that I worked? Oh, he called me two weeks ago. And so here I am as of... Actually, let's, let's backtrack for a second. You mentioned POC. Our viewers might not know what that is. Could you explain uh, it for a second? Proof, proof of concept. A lot of, a lot of businesses, are, uh, they want to know, like this blockchain thing, 
can we really do something useful for it with it? So we build some sort of little proof of concept that does some interesting little thing and proves that yes, this really does work. So what um, exactly up, is it that's working? Um, it could be one, it could be nearly anything. It's some, some small aspect of their business. No, 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 um, I'm talking about fact, I'm sorry. Uh, we, we covered POC. So yeah. what was a proof of concept? <laughs> For well, that that wasn't actually with Factum. That was when I was with uh, uh, Virtusa, and it was for Citibank. Um, and I I can't talk about Citibank's details. So oh, I can talk about some of the right. I can talk about the proof. I can talk about some of the proof of concepts we've done here at Factum with some of our clients. That would be awesome. Uh, now I okay, so want to know like about Factum. What is Factum? Okay. Okay, to start out, Factum, uh, we are a blockchain company. We're, we're somewhat different because there's, you know, there's like 2,000 blockchains now. So, um, and our primary difference is that uh, when we began, we started with the idea that there are useful things that you can do with the blockchain within business that have to do with, with uh, data and, and keeping the provenance of data. Because in the end, what a blockchain is, is it's, it's this ledger that you know nothing can ever ever have been changed, um, and hopefully, well, it, it's pretty Unless mathematically. Unless you got a fifty-one percent attack, but it's well, but but we even have an we even have an answer for that, and I'll 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 give you that in a minute because that's actually a kind of a cute little trick that we have that that solves that problem or it makes it a, a lot more difficult. But so what we did was we wrote a blockchain from scratch not starting with the Bitcoin code, not starting with the Ethereum code, we're actually older than Ethereum, um, that was designed specifically to deal with data. And, and what we did is they came up with this two token model because if I'm a big bank and I wanna use a blockchain but I don't necessarily wanna use a cryptocurrency for regulatory reasons, for lots of reasons. Um, and most projects in order to use it, you basically write something on the coin and spend it and that writes something to the blockchain. So we took a different approach and we separated that coin, the spendable coin, which we have, but to use the primary use of the blockchain, there's a second token, the entry credit. And the difference is the entry credit is not spendable, right? It's not tradable. It's not a cryptocurrency. It's basically a coupon that you can buy for dollars. You can go to a store, buy it for dollars and use that to write to the blockchain. So if I'm a bank and I want to write the basis of my credit decision or whatever, then I use the entry credit and I never so, touch it. Does that credit, that credit obviously has value. Well, no, it really doesn't because you can't sell it. Once you bought one, it's yours. You can't trade it. It's not a cryptocurrency. You, you, and the other nice thing about this and the other problem with most blockchain approaches is if I'm going to build some sort of business on top of a blockchain, on top of Bitcoin, on top of Ethereum, I'm gonna to wanna to know how much it's gonna cost me to operate my business. But if the cost of the thing that I'm using is varying between a dollar and $20,000, that's problematic. And so one of the, the core ideas behind the entry credits is the protocol holds them at a fixed cost. They're a 10th of a cent, always. No matter what the factoid does, which is our, our spendable token, the entry credits are always at a fixed cost. So if I build some sort of business business operation on top of this blockchain, I know what my cost model is going to be today, tomorrow, and the next day. And that's important. That's interesting, but I have questions because 
I mean, if this is something that, okay, I understand the value of the fact that it doesn't, the, it's not as volatile because there's no speculation around it because you can't sell it. But then what will incentivize me to actually go and get that credit? Uh, well, two things. Number one, well, there, there's, I think your question might be what incensed me to run the, you know, like Bitcoin, the miners are incented to run the, the Bitcoin network because, because they, they get, get bitcoins. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, and ours do too. That's why we have two tokens. So the people that run our authority nodes, they get factoids and factoids are tradable and they have value. And so they're just like Bitcoin. They're just like Ether and Ethereum. So they get those um, and they can trade those, they can sell them. And so they get value. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a bank and I want to use the, the Factum network for its primary business purpose, which is authenticating data and authentic, authenticating uh, digital identities, then I buy entry credits and I use those and I can't trade them. They're not a cryptocurrency, so I don't get in trouble with the SEC or with bank regulators or, or anything. They're just coupons. And I get them from... and they, now they come from factoids in that you burn factoids to get them. But for example, most of our authority node operators have stores that you can just go on web and buy entry credits for dollars with my credit card. So I don't know, no cryptocurrency here. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so I'm kind of going to be stuck with this credit that is only giving me access to your technology. Hello. Hello. Okay. I lost you. you I, have thunder, I have thunderstorms. Oh no. I've got, a bad, I've got a bad case of thunderstorms right now. <laughs> no worries. We can edit this part out. Um, hold on. So, okay. So you got, you got two kind of tokens. One of them is tradable and one of them is not. Yep. And the one that is not is only for the purposes, uh, purposes of making your business more stable and enabling you to actually operate with other financial entities. Am I getting this right? Well, it, it's what you use to write to the blockchain. When I want to write anything to the blockchain, I have to have an entry credit. And, and, the, and your blockchain, Factum blockchain is, a, um, is basically a, um, it's a prototype that I can go and build my own blockchain on top of it. You could, we've, we've got people doing that, or you can build any, to give you some examples, the kind of things that are done on top of it. Uh, the, we've worked with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to build a medical wallet to keep track of, of medical patient information on top of the fact and blockchain. And we've got another group that's now doing that. Uh, we're working with a company to build a bond trading platform on top of it. We've worked with the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, they're building, uh, uh, um, a network that allows them to track their sensors along the border because we have very good digital identity capabilities. And it turns out knowing exactly what sensor you're using and it's not being spoofed is very important. Uh, we're working with a lot of mortgage companies and because, you know, basically what we do is, is two fundamental things. We provide the, a digital ledger that can't be changed and we provide very good digital identity capabilities. Because it turns out if you're gonna build something to support business use cases, you need to know what it is that was done, but just as important is who did it? 
and, and, and that digital identity capabilities has to meet the needs of, of big banks, of enterprise, which means it can't be something like I've got a token and I've got a private key and that pair is a digital identity, which is most projects answer. But that doesn't that doesn't account for, for example, in any large organization, they're going to need to do key rotation. Right. There so you're basically saying it's it's important. The what is important, but the who is actually more just important. Just as important. The what is kind of used right. without the who. Yeah. Right. To give you an example, if if I'm going to do a, a, a smart some type of smart contract that involves five million dollars, so now I've got five million dollars worth of either sitting at an address. How are you going to do anti-money laundering against that? How are you going to prove where that $5 million came from? And the answer is you can't, which is why you're not seeing very many of these projects go from proof of concept to production, because they get to the audit committee and the audit committee doesn't say no. The audit committee says, heck no, because there's no way to, to even meet the basic AML requirements without strong digital identity. So here's the thing, I understand where you're going, and this is obviously a very important piece for regulatory reasons, but isn't, mm -hmm. isn't this defined the very, well, uh, idea behind cryptocurrencies that kind of takes the regulations away and takes the authorities away of what you're doing with your money? So you're basically proposing something completely different than what got people excited about Bitcoin in the first place. Well, no. Not really, because really all what we're about is truth, right? And, and so what, what we do is enable truth that, it, you know, a lot of the problems that, that we have with big organizations is it's so easy for them to lie, right? Because they yeah. control all the systems. They, they you know, they control the data, the data. Right? Well, the, the dynamic becomes considerably different if they can't lie. Right. Here's everything that happened. Everybody can see it. And, and that's what Factum enables is all is this sunlight, this this truthfulness throughout the entire the entire um, infrastructure in that we provide an easy way that you can track exactly what happened. And, and again, not what not only what happened, but accountability. Who did it? Because that's that's many times the the problem is there's no accountability. Right. And so using Factum, so we create that. What I'm understanding about Factum is it correct that well, blockchain is basically the the blockchain technology technology is revolutionary because it's distributed because everybody can see what's happening because mm -hmm. well, in theory, you can see data ledger after ledger. You can see the chain of data that nobody right. in theory can touch. Right. Uh, but so Factum, uh, my understanding is that it's approaching in two different ways. One is that not only it um, focuses on the what, on the data, but it also focuses on the who, on who did it. But you also mentioned something at the beginning of the interview that you have a trick to avoid the 51% attack. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, well, so Factum, <laughs> well, we, we, we do something interesting in that we take um, – uh, on our network, every 10 minutes, we take a, a, a Merkle tree, which is this, this uh, computer science-y thing. It's a lot like uh, sports brackets in that, you know, the, you start out with all the teams and at the end, you end up with one winner. It's kind of like what Merkle tree. Did I lose you? Oh, okay. Can, can you Merkle tree is the same thing. In the, pardon me? 
can can you start this because you kind of paused for a second out for a second so what what we do is is we every 10 minutes we take uh, this thing called a Merkle tree, which is a, a ma mathematical construct that takes everything for the last 10 minutes, all the data that was put into the, the fact and blockchain, and ties it down to one number. And th the math for this works, but then we take that Merkle root and we write it out to blockchain, or to blockchain, to Bitcoin. And we also write it out to Ethereum, and we'll soon write it out to others. So this means, because that provides a mathematical proof all the way up to any data in our network, that in order for someone to do a 51% attack on Factum, they would at the same time have to do a 51% attack on Bitcoin. And at the same time, they would have to do a 51% attack on Ethereum, and they'd have to have enough hashing power to successfully do a 51% attack on all three networks, and all three would have to succeed, and then they could attack us. So it's basically but, a three-step authentication for you guys. Uh, oh, it's, it's just absurd. There's not, there's not enough computers in the universe. Really? Okay. Even Russia? <laughs> yeah, even, even Russia. Uh, we're, we're, we're fairly confident that, that we're secure because the... I, that, that would be one heck of an attack. Um, and, and a lot of this has to be, you know, we, we've done a lot of interesting and unusual things because, you know, we are focused on just providing blockchain, a blockchain service layer. Um, because, and, and if you, if it's, it's interesting, if you go and kind of poke at the industry, you find lots of people out there who will tell you, I'm building a blockchain to solve use case X and I'm building a blockchain to solve use case Y. And that's a whole lot like somebody coming to you and telling you, I'm building a special version of Oracle to solve this problem. I'm modifying Oracle and putting a bunch of business use case code inside of a database to solve a problem, which of course you wouldn't do. I mean, this is basic computer science. This is basic um, engineering and best practices as you build your systems in layers. That's the way we've approached things in that, you know, there's your database layer, there's what we provide, which is the data trust layer, and then you build your applications on top of that, and we just provide the services. And so what happens is you build your application, your code all resides in your application servers, you use our services, and you end up with something that's, that, you know, instead of these, these proof of concepts we were talking about before that last months and months, you know, you get done in a few weeks um, and you can actually go to production with the stuff. And, and when you're all done, you've got code that you can maintain and it's not brittle. I mean, it's just, and the other thing that we've, we've made a, 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 we've very deliberately tried to focus on the public blockchain. We can do a private factum, but most of the time when I've talked to people, and really poked at it and at, at why they're doing a, a, a private blockchain, they shouldn't be. In fact, the it's, answer it really is. doesn't. I mean, it takes away from the meaning of the blockchain. So to sum up what you're trying to say is that, so basically you believe that it's important to create something that actually makes use of blockchain services than just going on right. and making blockchain application after application after application. Right. Right. Build, you know, yeah, that you don't build, you don't like for, you don't build code into the blockchain. 
you don't and and the concept even the concept of smart contracts is a little wonky i mean that's that's exactly the same thing as stored procedures which was a big deal during during the 90s where the code was in the database that didn't last very long and there was a reason um and that's why like if you do a stored procedure on ethereum um they had to fork the whole network to solve a bug uh, and we take a, a totally different approach so that the the programs are just data and if you have a problem you can have a new version of the program that's signed by all the people involved and go on and you don't have to fork the network so um where do you where do you see the factum token fct am i right that's a symbol mm -hmm. where do you see that going in the future do you think Factum is the token that is going to replace Bitcoin. Is that oh, no. purpose? No, they're, they're to totally different things. You know, Bitcoin is a store of is a, a store of uh, value. The Factum token is a utility token. And, and SEC, if you're listening, Factum is a utility token. <laughs> um, now that's that's not to say that and and but don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that the value of the fact that of the factoid. Uh, will not rise. Um, I personally think it will. That's I mean, right now it's at five dollars. I'm looking at it. It's been pretty volatile. Um, yeah, well, it was. It was. Getting it was there down in the uh, top 100 in terms of market cap. So a lot of people may misunderstand it as a well, an actual cryptocurrency. That well, they well, I mean, and and people do trade it, and I think people are there's there's a certain amount of. Uh, you know the the usual sort of arbitrage and everything else going on with it um you know we at factum don't spend any time or effort promoting the factoid uh because we can't because it's you know it's it's not an investment um it is a utility token but people can trade it um and, and what what we think will drive the the value of the token and here's something interesting you know most tokens like a bitcoin is basically a beanie baby, right? It's a collectible. It, it has no purpose other than as a collectible. And the factoid is unusual. I would like to differ. Well, no, Bitcoin, I mean, it, it, it's basically, if it reaches where it's uh, hoping you can, to reach, You can trade it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mean of transactions. Yeah, like the US dollar, it's just not backed by, the, by a government or a central bank. Well, and I, I kind of agree with you. It's a token, whereas yeah. you're saying Factum is a utility token. And obviously there are so many different cryptocurrency categories. Well, and, and the difference being that the, the Factum token, you know, I talked about those, those entry credits, and that's what you use to use the network. Well, the way you get those entry credits is you burn factoids, right? Right. So our, our, our factoids actually have a purpose in life in that they're what can be burned to create the entry credits that allow you to use the network. So they get generated, but they also get burned. So we actually have an economy within our, within our tokens. And what's gonna drive the value of the Factum token, and, and I can show you examples of this that I, 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 I think this is true, I don't have any, any proof, but you know, we were sitting at four for a long time, and then we made a number of announcements of, of clients in the mortgage industry that were using our, our product, which would, and every time we have a client that's using our, our, our services, they burn factoids in using the services. And we suddenly jumped quite a bit. And every time that we've announced a customer, 
it, it usually jumps. Well, yeah, right? because, because market participants are taking note of the fundamentals of what's happening in the market. Right. And they they right. dump it based on that. Uh, so does it really benefit you if the price of Phantom goes up, or the, the, the token goes up? Uh, some. I mean, we are, you know, our... Uh, um, our equivalent of miners are called authority node operators. We are one of the authority node operators, so we get a certain amount of a certain number of factoids every month for running the servers, as do all the others. So we like to see those factoids become worth more. And um, uh, the, the was factum was it mineable? You said it is mineable. Well, yes, yes, and yes, and no. There's a couple of answers to that. Um, we're somewhat different in that because we were we're trying to provide a network that is going to be usable by big banks, by the industry. It, just anybody can go out and download the software, kind of like Bitcoin and their mining. Um, but the difference is to get onto the network, you have to do a campaign. And because our, our nodes require digital identities and actually get a digital identity on the network and get accepted into the network. And basically, like you have to go on the, 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 the test net and prove that you can run a node for a while and do a number of other things to prove that you're actually capable of, of doing this. And not only that, who the nodes are is known, they're not anonymous, which is, again, we're, we're somewhat different. Now we have some other interesting mining. There is a group that's building a, a pegged token network on top of the Factum network so that they have dollar pegged coins, uh, gold pegged, euro pegged, uh, all, all across there. And the, the nodes that do the, the, that are the, or, the price oracle nodes are actually miners. And so they get, there's a second, there's another token on that network that's on top of the Factum network that has a, a peg Factum net token. You can mine those tokens as well. Okay. So it's kind of, you can indirectly sort of uh, get involved. Right. Um, so where do you see Factum in five years? Well, I, I think Factum is going to be, a, what, well, number one, there's, when you say Factum, there's two the things. Yeah, the company, uh, we are going to be one of the, uh, uh, we're gonna be a, a software as a service, company that's providing um, enterprises all over the world with the ability to use blockchain services so that uh, they will they will be making use daily use of blockchain out on a public network and not having to know anything about blockchain to do it okay so um I want to clarify something because when when you first look at factum it kind of feels like well so you have all the enterprise partnerships and have all these yep. big people behind you. So it kind of sounds like Ripple because they have all the enterprises, but your um, goals are completely different from one another. You are oh, yeah. a blockchain focused, whereas, yes. whereas Ripple and XRabbit, they, they are basically a, a um, currency trans, yeah. uh, transportation provider for enterprises. Yeah. We're, we're data focused. Really, right. that's... The when you when you say we are we are absolutely laser focused on being the data trust layer. And would you work with a company like Ripple? Oh yeah, yeah. If Ripple and and I can even think of use cases. You know, Ripple has a lot of audit and compliance problems. 
where you know they need to prove what they're doing the fact and blockchain would be a really cost effective and fast way for them to build those audit trails and build immutable audit trails that then they could prove to the regulators that they actually have the dollars that they say they have and that we all believe that they have so i think that the main one of the biggest difference between fact and what could be uh, the marketing behind them because Ripple did a lot of marketing, got a lot of oh, yeah. celebrities behind them, but Factum has been a little bit on the down low. Um, but would, would you say that Factum is decentralized? Oh, Factum is definitely decentralized. Well, you've got to, there's the protocol. The Factum protocol is definitely decentralized. You know, it's being run by authority node operators who are all over the world in China and in, in Denmark, Dubai, here in the United States, every place except South America. I don't know why we don't have any ANOs in South America. We need an ANO in South America. We'll get some America. connections anyway, there. <laughs> great. We'd love to have an ANO, but, and they run the network and, and we are not the boss of them. In fact, they're kind of the boss of us. And because one of the interesting things the Factum protocol does is it, it because of our uh, consensus mechanism, doesn't burn all the profits that everybody creates as electricity. There's quite a bit of wealth left over that's generated into a, uh, a, a certain portion of it is put into a grant pool. And so the protocol actually generates grants every few months and like we get grants to help keep improving the protocol and there's uh, grants to do like there was a grant to do a, uh, 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 a token for an asset token on top of the factum protocol um, so we and, and so and that that community is out completely separate from us we're just a member and then there's factum inc which factum inc itself is not decentralized i mean we're we're a company. company. Yeah. But, All right. But we don't we don't own the protocol. All right. I guess it's good enough for me so far. <laughs> hmm. Um. But I think yeah, we covered all the questions that I had, and we learned a ton about Factum today. Um. I'm gonna. I mean, as a crypto investor, I do still want to go and check out the prices over here and see what's happening because yeah, it has been actually quite volatile. Um. In the past, well, two or three years. It's been around. Um, yeah, the the thing I can the thing I can say about the 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 price different. is we just released our harmony, the software as a service layer, mm -hmm. about six months ago, and we have discovered that our sales cycle is about six months, which ought to tell you something about whether you're going to start seeing a bunch of announcements over the next oh, few so months. You started of trading over here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, people actually doing things, you know, because we've, we've had Equator here recently, we've had Bodie, uh, we've got a, a, a 1031 company that's coming up, uh, and, but there's a whole series of, of people building interesting applications on Factum to solve these data problems that I've talked about, and they're all, all every one of them are center around trust, and can we trust the data? Yeah, no, that is, um, I'm actually looking at your website at the Factum Harmony right now. And um, so to me, it looks like Factum is actually, at least your goal is something very noble. Uh, but are you seeing um, more branding and more marketing around Factum so that more people become aware of it? 
Yeah, we're 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 trying to get there. Uh, we and we just released also the Harmony Integrate. So now we have, you know, we've always had digital identities. I've talked about that as being important. Now to that, we've added a full this W3C digital identity DID standard, which is so kind Harmony of the, Integrate is a private blockchain. No. No, it's just adds, it just takes our, our uh, digital identity capabilities and puts those into standards that everybody's using and lets you do interesting things like uh, when you go buy a mortgage, when you go buy a house, the mortgage company wants to make sure that you have enough money for the down payment in your account. So they ask you to give you their bank, your bank statement. And it'd be really nice if you didn't have to give them your whole bank statement. Well, using Integrate, you wouldn't have to because... You can use Factum to generate a proof that this proof, number one, cryptographically proves that it's coming from your bank and cryptographically proves that you have $50,000 or more in your account. Basically, not only people have to trust in Factum, but also banks and real estate brokers and everybody else everybody. in the bank has but to it's a public, But it's a public network. So you can trust it because everybody can see what's there. Now we do do private networks as well, but even our private Factum network does this anchoring thing. So whereas most private blockchains might as well just be a distributed database because they're really not, they're really not blockchains. Our private blockchain is actually a blockchain. And, and here's the reason why. If, if I'm, you know, most of the time to do a, a, a private blockchain, you do it to, for a consortium. So these three banks get together and they create a consortium and they've got their nodes and they do the whole thing. A year later, business changes, you know, the business environment changes and this fourth bank over here really ought to be part of the consortium. Except because it's a private blockchain, they can't trust anything in the blockchain prior to the point of them adding a, a node in because these three guys might have gotten together and changed something. They had control. On our private blockchain, they wouldn't be able to because even though it's a private blockchain and none of the data goes outside of the firewalls, the anchors are in the, in the factum public blockchain. So when, when the new guy gets information from a year ago, he can use that anchor and the cryptographic proofs that it provides to prove that this data that he's never seen before hasn't been changed and that's all of the data. So you get all of the advantages of a private blockchain and all the advantages of a public blockchain at the same time. Because there are times when people, you- People, you don't have to actually share the data, but you have the proof of that, that the data exists and-, and, the, and Right, and, and you've got a public witness that the data existed. And that, that's the key thing that you're missing with most private blockchains is you have no public witness. All right. That's Pretty inspiring. Um, so I'm going to end with a question that I ask everybody, and that is, okay. you know that you are the Factum person, uh, but besides Factum, what is your favorite cryptocurrency? <laughs> right now, it's Litecoin. Um, just because I think, I, 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 and pardon me? Well, it has been going up. Well, yeah, it, it has been going up, and, 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 and I think they've got a pretty decent story, although, you know, I, I am so focused on this data side of things that I don't pay a lot of attention to the, and, and I, I'm sorry to your, to your, your, your many listeners, um, 
that I don't probably pay nearly as much attention to the cryptocurrency side of things. So why do you like Litecoin? As you and your readers, you, you and your listeners do, because I, I'm just really, you know, our, our whole company is really heads down on this, this data side. Oh, no, sorry about it. We love data too. So that's the thing. In fact, I don't only invest in crypto. I invest in stocks and, you know, forex. And I, I specifically actually invest in the stocks that are all about data and, well, big data. Uh-huh. Block and and well, blockchain or artificial intelligence. So I'm kind of techie, but uh, of course I, I wrote this book, cryptocurrency investing for Demi. So that is what I've become known for about. But um, uh, the the reason why I asked you this question is just because yeah, readers want to know people who are actually involved in the blockchain industry and they understand what's happening in in this field what they think of specific cryptocurrencies. So I think I've gathered from you that you do believe that cryptocurrencies are here to stay. Uh, they are. I've, I've got a lot of, I've, I've got a quite a bit of bit, uh, cryptocurrency myself. So I'm hoping it does. And not, not just factoids. That's, that's great to know. And um, yeah, so that is literally the goal of this show, to show people that legit people like yourself who are educated, who've been in the financial field, in the financial industry, in the data industry, and in the marketing and operation, all about all over the place. And now they are actually very dedicated to the blockchain industry and they have uh, great visions of where it's going to go. And I think you really demonstrated what, we, what I wanted to show my audience anyway. So I really thank Good. you so much for joining us thank today you. and the great uh, presentation about FACPOM uh, and FCT, um, the symbol of that. Um, you don't have to invest in it. I'm hoping when I launch this video, FACPOM is not gonna just like jump up because of this video. Um, but you might wanna brace yourself for that. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, viewers at home or on your um, afternoons who've been watching us. That's the advent of YouTube. Sorry, people will just watch videos yep. everywhere. Um, I'll see you in the next Diva on the Block with the next topic that is going to be really, really hot. Rock the block.